So let's believe God together this morning um, and, and look for bigger, better things from our God and to be closer to our God. And so we've been talking about out of Romans 10 and 17 that I made a note that something unique happens in church services, church meetings, these type of devotionals when someone's preaching and teaching the word that can happen nowhere else on the planet earth. Nowhere else. It can't happen anywhere else. And what I mean by that is faith coming to you. Now, knowledge can come to you in any capacity. And we're going to talk about that today because I wrote three sentences underneath that little note about Romans ten seventeen and about how faith comes to us because faith is, faith is a, an ingredient that cannot be obtained anywhere else on earth. It, once it's, once it's preached and you're taught it and you receive faith, it's different than having knowledge. We're going to talk about today how faith stays. How does faith stay within you? How do you keep that faith that you've received and grow? We've talked about how you can grow it, uh, how faith activates that's through your words. Um, you know, how do you activate or bring into fruition the thing that is the substance of what you're believing for that's through words your confession and then what about how faith grows well praying and revelation of the word is how faith grows and increases but how do you keep faith from going from you how do you do that and i wrote one thing down underneath that guard your heart guard your heart so i want to turn into some scriptures this morning and um We'll read about a little bit about that, and then the Lord will reveal some things to us as we go. I'm walking by faith. Um, my pastor and I were talking the other day, and he, he gave me a great example of it. And I could I visualized in my mind something that is walking by faith, and then he put the picture of like gave me the analogy from like a TV show uh, that. Um, let me see if I, that'd be great if I could pull it up. Hang on. Uh, he gave me this this picture. Hang tight. Yeah, he gave me a picture of what I was, what I could see in my mind of what walking by faith is, and uh, I'm going to see if I can put it up on the screen before I tell you what it is. And And I thought it was so good that I, I, you know, it made the, the perfect picture of what walking by faith is in everyday life. And what it was, was, uh, I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the movie, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, um, there's a scene with, uh, where they throw the rock, they throw the rock out to be able to walk on. I'm trying to look for the picture of it. I can't. I'm sure you know the Indiana Jones flick. Yeah, well, anyway, um, and he gave me this great depiction of what walking by faith is. And there's a book, um, Lillian Yeomans, I learned from Keith Moore, gave a quote and said, walking by faith truly walking by faith because there's nothing there you know faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so so when there's faith present a material things are absent when there's faith present material physical things are absent so there's nothing there physically but there's faith is the substance of what brings you to the physical material thing and lillian yeomans 
uh, had a quote that said, God delights, and we're talking about pleasing God out of Hebrews eleven six. God delights in his children stepping out over the aching void with nothing underneath their feet but the word of God. And that, that has spoke to me uh, to, to live a life like that because to the natural person, it's, you know, people, if you're in true faith with God, people will think you're foolish. They'll go, is it, they'll, you know, a good word for it would be naive. Is this guy naive? Does he not understand, you know, uh, you know, for example, um, in Florida, the, the real estate market is, the real estate market is ridiculously high. It's the way it, because people are moving here. So the prices are going up. There's a, there's inflation. All these things are going on around the market. So it's, it's, this would be considered what's called a seller's market. This is this market is for the sell. If you own something in this market, real estate wise, it's a great market for you, but it's not a great market for buyers because it's not that the buyers can't get something. It's that it's, if they do get something, it's severely overpriced, severely overpriced. And so when it comes to the real estate market, uh, you would be considering it people would consider oh the, you know if you go and buy something in this market that's naive this guy's naive to buy something in this market because it's a little too high but if you're believing god for something and you've got god in the equation and god tells you to do something you know you 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 have faith for it you believe for it it's not naive you're trusting god in that but it can be perceived by the natural mind hear me now it can be perceived by the natural mind, whether it be other people or yourself. You, it can be perceived this is a this is naive to make this decision because, you know, with all the natural elements around it, it doesn't make sense. It, that's a bad decision naturally, financially, naturally. It's a bad decision, but that's because you can't see the faith. You can't see a substance of faith. There's a there's something on top of all the nonsense or the naivety on top of that called faith that that delivers you to the other side of it. There's not this barrier of naive or naivety that stops you from getting to the smart things. Faith delivers you. There's a bridge over that poo-poo. It gets you to the confident. It gets you to the thing. That's what faith does. It bridges you to the actual subst the actual physical material thing. And people could look at you and go that's that's naive, you know. And like us, people call us foolish especially in the market in Florida. But then in this, this particular part of Florida that we live in is extremely overvalued. For example, when we built a house two or th two years, two and a half years ago, uh, almost three years ago now, if you went one exit south from where we are, you went one exit on the highway south from the community that we're in, you could have built the same house for eighty dollars to $100,000 less. So to, to build in the community that we're building in, it costs eighty dollars to $100,000 more to, just to build in this community. And people think, that's naive. Why would you do that? Well, we, you know, we didn't really care what people thought, number one. But people in the, we've heard even people that we know, they would say, I don't know, is, is, you know, is that a good decision to make? I mean, you could get the same house. You just go one exit south. Is it that big of a deal? But we wanted to be in a certain area. We said, this is where we want to be. So we did it. But now... 
when our house sold, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. But when, if, if these houses at this exit now in the community that I'm talking about that sold for higher prices, those, those houses, that same house may sell for $1.2 million. You go that exit South, they only sell for maybe six to six to 650,000. So was it, you know, you wouldn't have known that you wouldn't have known to do that, but buying in that market, you know, buying up here might be naive, but we made a purchase in this market, not because we just felt like it. We were led to do it. If we trust, we had faith and confidence in God that he's going to take care of us financially, give us a place to live. And we made a decision. Well, we got the price of the unit that we bought was a great value, even, even below market value. And now as the prices continue to increase, we have equity in it and we purchased in this market and bought below what it is. So anyway, my point is faith cannot be misconstrued with it's a good decision. So it has to be faith in God. That's not what faith is. Faith is you've received faith. Faith comes to you. You receive faith. You have faith. Now you hold fast to that faith and it doesn't always make natural people sense you know, to the nat, even another Christian doesn't matter if you're Christian, you're not Christian. It may not make sense to people may not make sense to you, but when God speaks, gives you a word, you trust the word, you believe the word and what it says. So, uh, today what we're talking about is yesterday we talked about how faith activates through your words. We talked about how faith grows. How does that continue to grow in your life? Today, I want to talk about how faith stays. How do we keep the faith that we've received so we don't lose it and then start waning on our confidence, start losing confidence in God? Um, so turn with me. As I was pondering these things, uh, one of the first things I read was out of Proverbs. And one thing I understand is that faith can, can leave us if we don't protect our hearts. Okay, we don't protect the information that we have. So hang on one second here. So turn with me into Proverbs chapter one. Sorry, I'm trying to log into something here and it's thank you lord let's pray and then uh, we'll get into this so proverbs chapter one thank you lord glory to god glory to lord glory to lord proverbs chapter one and uh let's turn into verse seven thank you lord proverbs one and seven says Lord, we love you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We give you all the time that we have this morning to start our day with you. And sometimes, Lord, we have to start a little bit early to get uh, to make sure our day gets started the right way. Even if we have to put our things on hold, we start with you. We dedicate our life to you. We love you, Lord. Help us this morning. Be with us this morning. We just worship you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, Proverbs chapter one, verse seven says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
So the reason I came to that scripture is I was trying to understand the difference between knowledge and faith. What's the difference between having information and having faith? And I heard a quote a long time ago that said, the only difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person is information. And when I heard that quote, it really spoke to me because I was like, wow, yeah, I mean, um, why can someone have so much success? Is You know, I work hard. And I heard also another quote that said, if, if success was a direct, um, and I'm, I'm not giving it verbatim what the quote was, but the, the quote was around, if success if success came from hard work, then every construction worker would be a billionaire, which that makes sense. You know, success is not just one ingredient from, um, working hard and success isn't one ingredient from just having information, but information, knowledge, knowing something can separate a person from having major success and having little success. And, that's one of the reasons you hear things like the why the rich stay richer because they know how to use the system and the information that they have to protect money from losing money in ways that someone less successful may lose money doing and because you know if you say oh it's only you know a 30 percent tax bracket it's only 20 20 percent taxes that i lose on it well yeah if you're making uh under you know let's say you're making thirty thousand dollars a year then that's not that huge it's still 20%, but 20% of 30 million, it's a lot of money. It's a lot more than 20% of 30,000 in terms of amount, right? It's still 20%, but the rich stay richer because they want to protect their money and they have information, all these kinds of things, right? To use to protect their money and what they have. Well, information is a great resource for a hardworking person. You put those two together and it's major success, but this isn't a, a motivational speech or how to get more money or how to be successful, how to be motivated in life. We're talking about how to keep faith, the substance of faith, faith, Hebrews 11, one says now faith, faith is the substance, the title deed, the foundational, tangible piece of things that you're believing for that you, ha- that you're hoping for that is not yet seen. You can't see it yet. So how do we keep that faith? How do we keep that? We know how to activate it. We speak, we confess, we pray, we believe, then we say, we confess it and that brings it to pass. We know how to, uh, to grow it, how to make our faith stronger, develop it. That's by reading the word, obtaining more knowledge and information, uh, praying and seeking the Lord, praying in the Holy ghost. The Bible says we can grow that faith. The Bible says Hebrew in Hebrews that Abraham had strong faith. So if we, if we know that someone had strong faith, that means someone can have weak faith. So we know how to do these things, but here's the thing. How do we keep our faith? So it doesn't wane from us. So we don't lose the faith. I wrote down, what about how faith stays? And I wrote underneath that to guard your heart. So I want to read out of here. uh, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Good, proper knowledge, reading the Bible on your own, listening to things like this. Knowledge can come, just like faith can come in a service, church a church service. Uh, faith comes to you by the preaching. Church, uh, faith can be coming to you right this moment, right this second. Faith can be coming to you. As I'm, as I'm preaching, teaching this word to you, faith can come and start coming inside of you and developing inside of you for anything, not just the subject that we're talking about. Like if I start talking to you about how Noah built his ark and the type of wood that he used, it doesn't 
doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go have faith to build an ark, but that's reading the word. I'm preaching and teaching the word. That means you, your faith can be developing right now. Your faith can be growing right now. By me preaching the word, doesn't matter what it is, but faith can come to you for a, for a specific matter and particular matter in your life. So turn with me into uh, to Genesis. This is where the Lord led me this morning. I was like, man, I wish I waited to for that revelation because it's coming to me now as we're talking. And I uh, wanted to get it to you before I wrote it down and made notes about it. But go, turn with me into Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. All the way in the beginning of the book. Genesis chapter 1. Um, I want to read it out of the New King James. I have the King James sitting here. And I'm actually going to swap this one out. Um, put this one over here for a moment. And I'm going to use the dakes. Uh, because the footnote is where I found it. You guys are going to like this. This is so good. You know why I love Because revelation doesn't just come to you because you're a good person, right? Or you gotta you got to spend time with God. And God will reveal things. Oops. This is uh, Exodus. We want to go to Genesis. God will start revealing things to you about his word. I just love that. Thank you, Lord. Glory to the God of the universe. All right. Genesis 1. And we know in verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Two genders. <laughs> oh, I was just checking the next page to see if there was any other genders that we missed. There's not. So then we continue to where God put man in the garden gave them a garden in eden in chapter two and he gives them some instructions ready so the lord god this is uh, genesis chapter two verse eight talking about how faith stays. how do we keep the faith that we've received grow that faith develop upon it but keeping that faith so we don't lose the confidence in god so genesis chapter chapter two verse eight how are we on time Man, these things fly by, guys. I'm sorry. I talk and I yap. I just get talking. And, and so anyway, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Then the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, of the, uh, and out of the, ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So knowledge is, is like we've talked about is different than inform than, um, than receiving faith. you can receive knowledge by reading knowledge. That's information. You can get revelation by spending time and meditating on the word, but faith is a different ingredient. Faith is preached. There is message from God. The word of God is preached and faith is delivered. It can't be formed any other way. It's formed by the preaching of God's word. Romans ten seventeen. Now back to Genesis 2, verse 10. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon 
and it is the one of the which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. I want to keep moving down. Uh, this, this is good, but I want to read. There was a certain part in here I want to read. Here we go. Verse 15. Now listen to this. Listen to this clearly. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. To tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of the tree of the garden you may freely eat. Of every tree. You may eat of every tree freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone, on and on and on. Now he's creating, he creates Adam, and he, or he creates Eve for Adam, and on and on we go, and we know they eat of the tree, they end up eating of the tree. But here's what I wanted to read to you. So I'm, I'm you know how I like to read my notes out of the dakes here, and uh, the footnote. So let's go to chapter 2, back to verse 15 and 16. And the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden, and Eden dressed of Eden to dress it, and keep it to tend it and keep it to protect the garden now watch what happens and the lord god commanded that every of the man that saying of every tree of the garden thou sh thou mayest freely eat but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat so i want to go to the footnotes here in verse 16 he's got some footnotes let's go to letter o verse 15 and 16 it says man's duty to cultivate and keep or preserve the garden from all intruders. That was his first responsibility. So when, as soon as I read this, let me keep reading. So good. To hedge about, guard and protect. This is the first reference to an enemy of God and man. A, a, a hold on. This is the first reference to an enemy of God and man. A dam failed, so a dam protecting water from going to a certain place. A dam failed, so sin entered and Satan became the pseudo-ruler of the restored earth. Now listen, when I read this this morning, think about this for a second. God's commandment to Adam, the Garden of Eden. We can think of the Garden of Eden as our, our mind or you know, how we're to tend and protect our spirit and our mind. And God said to Adam, he said, tend and keep this garden from intruders. So when Adam, when, at, well, when Eve was deceived by the enemy and ate of that fruit and gave it to Adam to eat of that fruit, that wasn't the first sin. Turn with me into, uh, let me see what scripture, turn me into Romans real quick. Go ahead and turn your Bible real quick to Romans. We're running out of time. You guys are, are slowing me down here. Romans and chapter 5. Verse 12. Wherefore, Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So what sin entered the world? Well, hold on. Did they eat of the apple? Yeah. Was that sin? 100% they disobeyed God. But that wasn't the first place that he disobeyed God. Adam missed God and was disobedient to God by not tending and keeping to the garden. How did the enemy, how did the snake, what is he tending and keeping the garden from? Weeds? 
No. He's tending and keep he should be tending and keeping that garden from the enemy. Who's the enemy? Satan, the snake, the enemy that comes in to deceive. Well, that snake should have never had an opportunity in that garden to deceive Eve and to give her information that was contrary to what God gave to her. Because they God had delivered, he preached to them faith, tend and keep my garden, every tree you can eat. But they disobeyed him. How? Because the enemy, because Adam wasn't tending and keeping his garden, the enemy crept in and stole the faith and confidence in God that they had by giving information. So by one way, faith comes to you by preaching and teaching, but by another way, faith can go from you by you not guarding and protecting your heart. You can't just allow anything into your mind and expect the thing that was preached and taught. Why do you think you, we go to church as often as we do? Because we, you know, we can't develop our faith. Uh, you know, uh, we can't keep our faith all week long. Absolutely. Things can come in and creep in and start to deteriorate the faith. That's why the devil works so hard and cunningly, deceivingly, so that you don't feel like it's an issue to keep you out of church. He'll, he'll plan events around certain days and meetings so that you miss stuff and you feel like it's a God that he'll make it so that there's opportunity for you to be successful naturally, monetarily, money wise with opportunity so that those opportunities get in the way of you hearing the preaching and teaching of God's word. He'll create opportunities so in your mind you will put that opportunity as success on God and not put it as an opportunity of success that's keeping you away from the things of God. That's what the, that's what the enemy does. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times where people say, well, we've got this particular thing I have to do on this particular day, and that happens to be the same day as a meeting. This particular thing is something our company does, and we have to do it on this day, so we're just not going to be able to make church. That happening, so there's only 52 Sundays in a year. There's only 52 Sundays in a year. You missing 10 services... That's a big percentage. 10 services out of 50 is a large percentage. 20% of your attendance has gone down by missing 10 services a year. Now, this isn't a, a message about being in church, but this is a message about you guarding your faith that you've received from being in a church service. And what can happen is when we're not tending and keeping ourselves, how do you tend and keep yourself? Well, you don't let perversion in. You don't let the things of today's world take root inside of you and you don't give an ear to it there's so many ways that the enemy can get into you and into your mind to give you information that can override the information that is good information and override the faith that you received because it's harder it's harder to receive faith listen to this it's harder to receive faith than it is information faith comes one way comes by preaching the word of god information comes by anything your eyes set upon that's why it's so easy to get off track it's easier way easier to to end up in hell than it is to make heaven god god's the one that put the trees in the garden in the first place he created man to have true love and relationship with him and true love and relationship is a choice it's not forced it's not required it's a choice a willingness to do it and, when, and so the first sin on planet earth 
was not Adam and Eve eating of that fruit. The first sin was they didn't tend and keep the garden and protect their lives from the enemy creeping in and stealing from them what God had promised to them. You have to tend and keep what God's given to you. You have to protect it. Your mind is that tree of knowledge inside of you. Your mind is that. It has all the information. And if you don't guard and protect what information goes on the inside of it, that's why you can't just listen to every preacher that preaches just because they're a preacher. You can listen to me because I have authority to be here from a pastor. That's why it's okay. Because it's not of my own. I didn't just wake up one day and go, I'm going to do a devotional. I didn't just come, everything I do, there's not a single thing that I do that when I'm proclaiming the gospel to somebody, I don't go and submit to my pastor at first. Well, you don't have to do that. I didn't ask you. I didn't ask anybody. I'm a submitted man. I make sure that anything that comes out of my mouth, I make sure it's submitted under my pastor first. Well, not every preacher, not every person out there sharing the word of God is that way. Not every person has someone that they're submitted to. You, you've, so my point is this. You have to guard your heart. There's people, there are, did you know that there's, there's wolves that dress as sheep to intentionally pull people away? No, Dylan. No, why would somebody waste their time? It's not somebody wasting their time. It's the enemy who has deceived and deceived and deceived somebody so far enough to where they think they're doing right. To where they think they're doing the right thing. When in reality, they've, they're completely off because they've allowed the enemy to lead their life so much. They don't know what's right and wrong. Tend and keep your garden. Tend and keep it. What can you do to tend and keep your garden? What do you have to do to tend and keep your garden? Turn the TV off? Turn the radio off? Turn that one, that one show off that you listen to? that one radio show, that one podcast show, turn that, that line of communication off with your, with that one person that, you know, what I, you know, I don't know what, what you're, what you've got to do to tend and keep your garden. I know that, that everybody has some things that everybody can do. You know, you don't, you don't watch perverted things. You keep your mind from perverted things. I'm not saying you can't control what other people are doing that you're, you happen to be around in public or if you're in the work environment. You can't control people. So, but you can tend and keep yourself. Like if, if here's an example. If one of those foxes or a snake came into the garden, what was Adam? Did he, was he not allowed to, were there no enemies allowed to make their way around the garden? Well, of course not. That, that's what he was tending and keeping it for because God knew you're going to have some enemies that try and come against your garden that I've given you. So you've got to tend and keep it. 
So it's not that there were no enemies around. He just had to protect himself, protect the garden from those enemies. What was he doing? That's, you know, I want, what was Adam doing? Where was he off that the enemy was in the camp? Forget that Adam, that they ate of the tree. That, that's, that, that, that occurred because of the first sin that he didn't tend to keep his garden. I'm not, you know, why did that person cheat on their spouse, their husband, their wife? Why did that happen? I'm not worried about that. That, that sin, that produced death. That sin produced death, which is what that was. But why would, why were those two even in communication is what I want to, why did those two have communication with one another? What, what was happening there? Where was Adam at that his wife's off somewhere and he's off somewhere? What's going on? Why was that happening? Where are you at that, that, you know, I'm going to meddle with it a little bit too much probably, but. Then Jesus responds, God, uh, not Jesus, but God, later, after they eat that fruit, God says to Adam, he goes, who told you you were naked? Who told you that? Who who told you guys that? You've been naked the whole time. Who? Where do, Where's this information coming from? Who told you that the gas prices are too high? Well, how high is too high? Is is two dollars too high? I remember when it hit a dollar. I remember gas at eighty nine cents. That's the lowest I ever remember gas prices. Eighty nine cents. And they hit a dollar, and everyone went. You know, I was a kid, a young young kid. I just remember them. I remember my parents talking about. Can you believe gas is going to hit one dollar? I remember those conversations. Gas is going to hit one dollar. I remember when gas went up to. $2. It was fast too. It went from like 80. I remember some gas at 89 cents, dollar 19. Like it went up eight, like tw in 10, 20 cent increments in some of the guys. I, I just, that's my most, my only member memory I have of gas stations was like the gas prices on the signs. But how high, like who, who told you $4 is too high? You, your information. It's not too high for God. So anyway, homies, I love you guys. Thanks for joining me this morning. Hope you have a great day today. I went way too long. These things keep getting, I'm so sorry, guys. I know this is, I'm not apologizing to you. I'm apologizing to my coffee here because it's cold. All the ingredients in my coffee, but I hope this blessed you this morning. Check out my website. I've got to go. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're live with me. Um, and you're, or you're watching by audio later on Apple podcast. Thanks for watching and listening guys. Hope you have a great day. Have a great weekend. Finish today strong. Don't give up. Don't give in. Go party later tonight. You know, enjoy your Friday night later, but finish strong today. Give your, give your week the benefit of finishing this week strong. And if you got to go to work tomorrow, go to work tomorrow. If you got to work, you know, put in the time you need to, you know, don't be a lazy. So, be blessed today. Hope you have a great, wonderful rest of your day. I love you so much. Thanks for joining me. Check out my website. There's a bunch of stuff on there, uh, and you can enjoy it on there. I love you so much. I will see you Monday morning, 6 a.m. for Get Up With God. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.